video three. Definitely not wearing the same shirt from video one's whiskey review. I swear this is not 10 minutes later. I would never do that. You sit on a throne of lies. So we've covered a lot in video one, talked about physical bits in video two. Now let's, you know, actually put some bits on horses and, you know, talk about that. But before, let's drink a little bit of whiskey. So. This is the second of the Traverse City Whiskey Company Signature Edition. We did the first one in video two. Go check that out. This is a straight wheat whiskey, which is quite interesting, which I assume means it's over 90% wheat and the rest malted barley. Um, five years, 57.4% uh, barrel proof like the last one. The back of the label is kind of strange. It says, aged for more than four years bottled at full barrel proof on the front it says five years on the back it says more than four years i don't know it could have just been just a weird way to write it but whatever um the color it's it's on the soft on the light side but again it's five years not surprising there um but the palette uh, the, sorry the nose is really quite soft um it has a little bit of vegetal and a little bit of fruit on the palate. Not much warming warming spice uh, that you would get in some other types of whiskey. That's all to be expected. Um, it doesn't smell super like strong, like alcohol strong, even though it's 57. Again, that's expected with wheat whiskey. That's actually a really pleasant whiskey. Um, weeded whiskeys are generally smoother. You know, think of, uh, you know, all of Pappy is weeded. All of uh, Weller is weeded. And this is no different. It's soft for 57% alcohol. That's pretty soft on the palate. Um, in the beginning of the palate, you have some uh, ripe fruit and some dried fruit with a little bit of your barrel influence, you know, your vanilla caramel, some, a little bit of butterscotch. Not so much warming spice that you get in other types again, uh, similar to the nose. Uh, and it fall, the way it falls off, it falls off in the palate, you know, it lingers into more on the fruit side, um, which is interesting. It's actually quite a pleasant, you know, I'm just gonna have another sip here. It's quite a pleasant little selection that they've made um, yeah that's that's good I like it I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of a straight wheat whiskey apparently never thought I'd say that all right so let's start fitting bits we're gonna start with the most basic a loose ring snaffle and then we're gonna go on to others there is gonna be a lot of overlap. You might think I'm not doing enough, but there's a lot of overlap between a lot of bits. So the way I would fit, you know, a loose ring snaffle like this will be very similar to how you would fit a full cheek. We're still gonna show a full cheek, but we're not gonna show an egg butt bit or a D-ring bit, a lot, because all those direct contact bits, the same rules apply. So there's no real need for me to annoy special here by putting on 68 bits today. But let's start. Okay, we have a normal bridle.
Okay, so look, I put a normal nose band on. You know, we're talking about bits here, not nose bands. Um, most of the time when I'm flatting, I don't have a nose band on, but just for, you know, keeping things, you know, normal, I put a nose band on, you know, super loose. We're, again, we're talking about bits. Okay, if you come in close here, what you're gonna see, what you're normally taught, what I was taught was you're looking for three wrinkles at the bit here. I personally feel like that is not, it, it is too much. It's too high in the mouth, too close to the first molar. There's a bar underneath here. If you look at the anatomy, there's a bar of like gum. And then there's the first tooth. I don't think that's, I think that's too high. This I would argue is two wrinkles. You can see clearly one and two. Um, normally I would lower this bit. The reason I would do that is let me let me show you it being higher. And I'll show you why. Okay. So this bit is higher. This is arguably where you're taught to put it. So if I pull this rein in the direction that I would be if I'm on the saddle, I pull, I put contact, and then I give. See how little movement the bit has? So for me, what I've felt doing this is your difference between draw and give is not enough. And so you don't have that much react, it, there's just not enough difference to play with. So let's lower this bit quite a lot. When you have the bit higher, it's more stable and it's easier to ride, which can be what you want depending on what you're doing. But I want to propose there's a different way. For stability, for ease and stability, it might be better to have it at three wrinkles. But this is lower, this is so it's two of my holes, which are smaller than normal holes, lower on both sides. I didn't put it back in the keepers because we're going for speed here. You can see there's basically only one wrinkle in there. But when I, again, do a draw and I give, you see how much more movement there is in the bit here? There's a bigger difference between when you're drawing and when you're giving. And it's more comfortable in the horse's mouth. It's not too low where they're reaching for it. But for me, that then gives me a bigger tool when I give. It makes my give more impactful. Again, a little bit harder to ride, but it's worth it. So this is how I would set a loose ring snaffle. Again, if you set it a bit higher, that's okay. But if you set it you know, to where it looks like this, that is too high, way too high. You know, the bit will just move like this when you pull and never give, so it's always pulling on the horse. And also when the bit is lower, it puts no pull pressure on the horse. So you're reducing that. The higher you put the bit, the more pull pressure there is. Another variable. All right, let's move on to a full cheek. All right, so we have now put a full cheek on special. This was the twisted full cheek that was on the uh, board you saw in video two. Um, this is set similar to the loose ring against a direct contact bit. One thing, of, one thing to note right off the bat for full cheeks, the straight bar here, it, when, you, when I pull the opposite rein here, this, the idea behind the 
the full cheek with the straight bar is it will squeeze against the horse's mouth here, kind of giving you some more direction with when you ride. So it's a little bit easier, like if you have a horse that's very a uh, bit like a gummy worm, full cheeks can help a lot. Another thing to note, the top is curved outwards ever so slightly. That is to prevent it getting caught in the nose band or in other stuff. So the curved part always goes up. Final thing of note, you can have a piece like this that you put on the bridle. You undo this piece here and it sits here. And what you end up doing is you take the top part and you tuck it into this like that. You do have to lower the bit in the horse's mouth to do it. What that does is give stability to the full cheek so that there's less give and take. There's a little bit of leverage to it. Um, and in general, when you use this piece, it makes the wearer full cheek bit just a bit stronger. But in all, in all honesty, a full cheek bit here is just like a loose ring or a D ring or an egg butt. The only difference is the greater span will give you more directionality when I pull just the right rein and I squeeze the bit here, it'll move her head one direction more. There isn't that much difference between the bits. So what we spoke about with the loose ring, where I would set it a bit lower than is standard, still applies. Um, and so all your loose rings, all your direct contact bits, like we spoke about before, are very, because you're directly connected to the horse. Everything you do with your hands goes directly from your hand to the bit and to the horse. You know, if I do a little, you can see how much that bit, it moves directly linear. When we get into indirect, it is not linear. And so it's very, direct contact bits can be the best bits but they also can be harder depending on your horse and mainly depending on you, the rider. If your balance is off and you're having to have the horse's mouth balance you a bit, which is very common, direct contact bits, you'll never feel good at because you need the dampening effect of an indirect contact bit. But I love, uh, I love full cheeks. This particular bit I've won tons of Grand Prix on it's one of Eric Neves, my trainer's favorite bits. He went to World Games in a bit nearly identical to this. It's an amazing bit. And, and, but if you subtly change the mouthpiece, it doesn't drastically change the bit. It is still a full cheek, and a full cheek is still a direct contact bit that is still giving you that directionality that we spoke about. Let's move on to indirect contact bits. All right. So now we have fit the metal pelham that was on the board in video two. We fit it pretty standard. We've put two reins on it. You can use a converter like this that goes between the two rings and then you put one rein here. That is most common, but I generally ride with two reins and to help explain how this bit operates, it's important to have two reins, but you can use converters, it's very common. So, what a Pelham, its action, your main rein from this ring, when you pull it, it is a direct contact bit. There is a bit of leverage because there's 
a difference in contact point here and it's not on a loose ring. So when I pull this, you can see the bit moves a little bit, but not this. So there is a bit of rotation, but not much, more or less direct. When you pull this second rein, you start rotating this whole structure. This piece goes forward, you're pulling here, so of course it goes back. What you're doing, like we spoke about before, is you're lowering this ring compared to the pull, which puts pull pressure on the horse, and you're moving this hook, which has the chain, we're moving it forward, which tightens the chain on the chin. So I'm gonna exaggerate just so you can really see the action. When you rotate, you see how we are moving this forward and down, and we're moving the chain, tightening it. So, big thing to note with Pelham's, if your horse doesn't like pull pressure, change the bit. Next, generally with Pelham's and with all straight bar bits, I would set them higher in the mouth. The reason I would do that is yes, it does put more pull pressure here on, but then when I go to rotate this bit, it's mostly a chain action, not a pull pressure action. It also prevents the horse from putting its mouth or its tongue over the bit. I know some people you're saying they're putting their tongue over because they're uncomfortable. Sometimes, but not always. And also shut your mouth. Shut your mouth when you're talking to me. Next, let's talk about the chain. This is just a vet wrapped, wrapped chain. You can use a spur strap, a leather strap, all sorts of different things. What I hate to see when a chain is on are multiple folds. One, they're trotting around with the chain like this. There is no part of this chain that is playing any role in this bit other than just whacking away at the horse's chin. It's doing nothing. The next thing I hate, and sometimes they're at the same, same person, they have a chain that is all twisted and they haven't spent the time to make the chain straight. The thing about the chain is it needs to be set correctly because it's supposed to do a job. And so the only way to set it correctly is to make sure, so instead of it being twisted, you untwist it, see how much better that looks, and you set it to a length that is the same every time. And when you use your second rein, it applies the pressure that you want. The tighter the chain is, the stronger the bit is. The looser the chain is, the less strong the bit is. So that's some notes on fitting the bit. Now let's move on to why you would use this bit. It is the most common bit used in jumpers. I know in other disciplines that's different. I understand that. I did, during the Olympics in Tokyo, I filled out, while I was watching, I filled out what every bit on each horse was. And I believe it was like 64% of the bits were Pelham's. I know I've done a video about a Pelham and a double bridle. Go watch that video. But why? All from, from beginners all the way to the highest level of our sport, the most common bit is a Pelham. Why? So we're gonna to get to this when we talk about the swale. But a Pelham is very stabilizing. It, it feels like, as a rider, 
the Pelham is stabilizing all of the action. Which is nice as a rider because you get a constant feel pretty easily. And that's quite comforting and easy for a lot of riders to ride. But does come at a cost, and for some people not really a cost, depends on who you are. You can never truly get a horse light on a Pelham. A horse will always sit a certain amount on the bit, on the Pelham. Again, that could be yours, that could be totally fine for you. Or not, but if you're expecting the Pelham to pull the horse all the way off, it never will. Part of its dampening effect to your feeling to your hands, like we spoke about, is created by it always having the horse on the bridle. You know, if you like that feel, that's, again, that, there's nothing wrong with that. Having the horse on the bridle is really good in a lot of times. Personally, for me, I have never had a good feeling on a Pelham. I almost never can turn in a Pelham. I don't like the weight of a Pelham. It's too, the, the effect of it is too numbing for me, for my hands. I like more direct and dynamic feel that you get from a loose ring, a three ring, a swale, even a double bridle because the double bridle has a snaffle along with the pelham. So why, we need to talk about this before we get to swales because they have a subtle but big impact. The reason why is when you rotate, pull the second rein, or you pull the main rein with a converter, and you rotate this, it is pulling the bit this direction, it is pulling the chain that direction, and it is pulling the cheek piece downwards. It is closing everything down. That is, again, just because it's closing everything down doesn't mean it's, you know, this is not crazy, you know, she obviously doesn't look unhappy but that's the action that it is doing. And that action where it closes everything down and then when you give it, opens everything back up, is what gives you that stability. The swale is subtly but importantly different and we will go over that. But that is why, because it closes everything down. So one final note on the Pelham. When would I use a Pelham? I would use a Pelham when I have a very inconsistent feel with the horse. You know, the horse is very cautious about any, they're very just concerned, they're popping on and off the bit like this, I'd put a Pelham in. <clears throat> just to be like, hey, there's nothing serious going on here. There's nothing abrupt that's gonna go on. There's nothing to be apprehensive about. It's a, for me, that's how I would use a Pelham. But in general, for most people, they like it because they like that constant frame constant draw, constant feel. And so that's why it's such a common bit used in show jumping. 